Hello and welcome to the uh, latest uh, West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner podcast. My name is John Campion and I'm the West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner. I'm joined today uh, by a colleague, uh, Donna, who I'll let introduce herself and give a bit of a background uh, as to her role. Hi there, Um, I'm Donna Wales. I'm a domestic abuse risk officer from Kidderminster Police Station. Uh, My role is to manage high-risk victims of domestic abuse um, to either reduce or remove remove the risk wherever possible. Uh, We do this by reviewing the DASH, which is submitted by the officer who has attended uh, a domestic abuse scene. Um, We basically look at that DASH, review it, and look at all the the other information available to us on relevant parties. Um, and make contact with the victims directly, um, offering advice, safeguarding and support. In addition to this, we we attend and support and present our information at our multi-agency risk assessment conference, otherwise known as MARAC, um, to present any cases which we feel uh, need further intervention. Uh, We also attend any child protection uh, conferences that um, involving any of our particular high-risk victims or families, uh, any vulnerable adult meetings that we attend, and um, also MAPA if we are involved, uh, again, with um, said parties between the victim and the offender. So, uh, Donna, obviously a a very complex and technical um, uh, part of the criminal justice system that you're and safeguarding system that you're involved in. So uh, you're a police officer, a warranted police officer? No, no, my role is a civilian role. Um, I've been doing it um, for, I think, the last eight years. Um, I think it was originally done by um, CID, and then they civilianised the role. Um, So there is a team of us on the North Worcestershire and South Worcestershire, um, made up of about four uh, Daros. Uh, We each carry up to potentially 20 cases at any one time that we're managing and we would usually manage them through to either conference or a court outcome um, or potentially obviously if there's ongoing um, incidents then we will continue to manage that as an individual. So uh, what, what, what got you into, into the role Donna? How, uh, what was the background, your background that uh, that, that, that um, uh, we don't always uh, have a career path to these uh, to these things, do we? But, but what got you uh, into this really important part of how we keep uh, keep people safe? Right. Well, I actually joined um, West Mercia back in the days in 1992, and throughout that time, I've actually done um, various um, roles within the force. Um, prior to coming into vulnerability, um, I worked within the Crime Bureau. Um, um, domestic abuse and vulnerability has always been my passion, really. Um, it was just that it, my path never took me there, really. Um, I was working over in Worcester, um, and actually I live out of the area, so really, geographically for me, it was looking for something else. The opportunity came up for a post at Kidderminster. Um, unfortunately, they gave it to me, and I've never looked back. <laughs> And uh, it's always fascinating sometimes to hear the, the, the route people take to doing um, to doing jobs uh, su- such as yours, because um, it's not a uh, it's not a nine to five making widgets in a factory. You're uh, involved in uh, in sometimes very serious um, uh, threats or, or indeed risks that people might be under, and, and, and the 
violence and the behavior involved with those perpetrating uh, can be very, very severe. So, um, you know, to hear that routine uh, it really brings it to really brings it to, to life. Um, here in West Mercia, um, we, we, if we look at October as a month, compare it to the previous year, we, we still see well over 2,000 um, uh, crimes that have domestic abuse that feature uh, within them within those one calendar month. So it's a it's a it's a, an issue that's really strong and indeed prevalent in our in our community. Um, one of the things that I'm very keen about is for more of society, first of all, to talk about domestic domestic abuse, but also to know the signs. And I just wondered whether or not you could just uh, touch on for us some of the signs that communities or those listening um, uh, might be looking should be looking out for um, to be aware, um, you know, that, that, that it is going on. But also some of those key key things that they could they, they could look out for to make sure that they're being a good friend or a good relative or, or a good neighbour. Yeah, of course. Especially um, this year has been particularly difficult in the lockdown, and of course we're now in our second one. So yeah, we do find that it does sort of um, matters can escalate. There is um, obviously um, more isolation within within the lockdown. Um, so for anyone looking out for signs, I think generally if they're looking for signs, they've generally got a sort of sixth sense or there's something that's sort of a gut feeling that something isn't right anyway. Um, the, obviously, the first things that they could be looking for is any sort of physical injury that they may observe or even um, excuses made for any frequent injuries that are being seen. Um, is, the, is the victim stressed? Are they suffering with anxiety at all? Um, are they um, taking time off work, unless you know, um, which is unusual for them? Uh, are they withdrawing from any um, social occasions, which normally they would be attending without, you know, without issue? Um, obviously, to look out for um, particularly um, any changes in their personality. Um, you know, you as a family member or friend would obviously know them better than anyone else. Um, if they suddenly appear, you know, if they suddenly appeared very confident and now suddenly their, their self-esteem is very low or they appear nervous in any way obviously that should strike a chord um, are they lacking um, independent um, communication is their partner speaking on their behalf or making decisions for them um, again if they've already engaged and told you that there is um, some issue are they blaming themselves uh, and if so, that's obviously uh, a red flag. Um, uh, obviously, if um, if there's an increase in alcohol or drug use at all, um, alcohol is a huge factor within domestic abuse. And of course, it's widely available now in the home. And during lockdown, obviously, no pubs, restaurants are open. So therefore, that may there may be an increase there. Um, Again, um, money, money could be an issue. Have they got any? Has it been withheld from them? Uh, any damage to property um, within the house or any personal belongings? Um, quite common is um, an abuser will quite often smash someone's phone because they don't want them to have access to other people. Um, so those are the kind of signs that we're looking for um, initially to just, you know, warning signs. There might be something more that's going on. Some of the um, more traditional view of domestic abuse, that unexplained black eye type thing on, on, on a 
on an individual. Um, the, 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 the signs that you've just outlined are very different from that and much more complex and indeed could be quite visible to, to lots of people if they know, if they know um, uh, what to look for. And um, I've always understood that it's a case of um, giving people choices and making sure that those around them are, are supporting those choices are, are key to that and being able to be that good friend or good neighbour or good relative uh, could be absolutely yeah. important in terms of supporting that individual to have some choices to try and break some of this cycle of, of abuse. Of course. In 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 your part of the uh, in your part of the of the force area, um, uh, obviously we've uh, we've seen a uh, a really difficult year in terms of social restriction, and you alluded to it uh, with um, uh, people having to spend more time um, uh, at home, and home might not be uh, a safe place for them. Um, we've seen a, quite long periods of social restriction, and, and you mentioned we're in the second one um, right now. Um, also, Christmas looming with um, again another period of families coming coming together, and I know lots of work's done to uh, uh, in the run up to Christmas. Um, what's your view on you know how how we as a society compare for what can sometimes be quite a, a stressful period in, in some households and where we know that traditionally domestic abuse and reports of it rise um, at that same time. Right. Um, obviously, um, Christmas is a very emotive time. Um, it is um, particularly difficult uh, with families, um, potentially if um, families have already separated, um, there's the issue around child contact. Um, so, you know, obviously what we, we'd like to sort of um, advise people to do is, you know, don't hesitate to contact us. We are there to help in any situation. Um, domestic abuse is an unseen crime and it's often committed behind closed doors. Any one of us can be a victim, regardless of gender, age, ethnicity, our social status, sexuality or our background. Um, quite often as well. Um, it leaves the victim feeling that it's their fault and therefore they are likely not to reach out for that support and then they continue to suffer in silence. We want this to stop. And um, you, you, for me, again, hit on another part of, uh, I think, part of our society's journey is knowing um, that the the victims of it don't have to be what we just have seen as a society. Uh, traditionally, there are lots of people that can be subjected to this type of uh, abuse and uh, and indeed um, we can be quite judgmental I think as a society maybe seeing a big strong man and think to myself well they could never be victim of a of domestic abuse and I think um, opening our eyes and freeing ourselves up of some of those pre uh, misconceptions are, are, are I think a really a really good point. Um, in terms of um, obviously you're involved in um, a lot of the time when it's been reported um, uh, and indeed um, uh, dealing with uh, some of our most high risk um, uh, perpetrators and, and victims. In your view and, and your experience in, in your particular role, um, why is raising that awareness so so important? Why, why, why is it uh, do, we, we've already got um, lots of crimes being reported. Is that is, is it because we think there's lots of uh, crimes that are going unreported? What's what's why is that drive for uh, in, in increased awareness and indeed in, uh, reporting so important? Yeah. So usually, um, basically, a lot of people would have already been a victim of abuse um, for some time um, before they even come forward. Um, they may have been living with the violence and the fear 
and potentially controlling behaviour day in and day out for months, if not years, before they come forward and have the strength to confide in someone. Um, obviously, this is we need to raise this. As I said before, it affects us all. It's it's a community problem, and we are all responsible for trying to put a stop to this. Um, obviously, there is a number of events and campaigns. Obviously, with the white ribbon campaign, you know, coming ahead shortly um there are a number of other things that we can do there is posted usually around towns there's safe spaces now that we can um can go to lots of avenues that we can um suggest to people even if they didn't want to um report to the police there are, they have a number of other options in which they can consider because the um and you touched on it uh, at the beginning then uh, around um the number of times that somebody might be a, a victim before um, it either gets reported or, or, or they they report. And, and sometimes that could last years, couldn't it? This could last um, sometimes decades. Oh, yes, definitely, yeah. Um, quite often uh, what people need to be aware of as well, that if, if there, is, there is historical um, domestic violence, it doesn't stop them reporting that now. And um, obviously, uh, some of those incidents could be uh, can be uh, a long time ago and very complex. But um, the position from West Mercia is all, all these reports will be taken seriously and indeed investigated in line with uh, with other crimes. And uh, the resources uh, within West Mercia uh, will be used to uh, to try and get uh, ensure that that victim gets justice. Of course, yeah. Um, you, we talked about some of the um, uh, some of the uh, awareness and uh, and indeed making sure that our society understand what signs might be for them to look out with. There are some things that have changed in recent times around um, uh, around uh, the tools that are out there to try and keep us safe. Um, and one of them is around uh, Claire's Law. And just for our listeners that might not have heard of it. Um, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about uh, what Claire's Law is and, uh, and, uh, and indeed how might people find out a bit more about it or indeed access it? Yeah, Claire's Law is um, the Domestic Violence Disclosure Scheme. Um, it's named after Claire Wood, who was uh, murdered in 2009 by her ex-boyfriend who had a history of violence against women. Um, the scheme recognises two procedures for disclosing the information. Um, one is the right to ask which is triggered by the member of public applying to the police for a disclosure. Uh, and this can be accessed either via calling 101 or visiting their local police station. Um, the right to know is triggered by the police themselves making a proactive decision to disclose information to protect a potential victim. And this, these are regularly completed by DAROs as part of our risk assessment. So any anything that any information that comes to light where we feel a potential victim has has it does indeed need to know um, information regarding a current partner or potential new partner, then we will disclose that information so that they can make an informed decision about which, whether they wish to re remain in the relationship or whether they wish to leave it. Because um, a lot of um, how I understand Claire's law is about empowerment um, uh, around giving people choices and so that they can make uh, informed decisions but one of the other part that I was also uh, really fascinated by is the uh, understanding that actually perpetrators of domestic abuse um, can move from uh, sometimes a uh, very bad relationship to very bad relationship and uh, 
um, trying to break some of that cycle of, of, of offending and behaviour through through knowledge feels quite a powerful thing, quite a powerful thing to do. That's right. Um, anyone can apply for um, Claire's Law. Um, be it, if, you, if you're concerned about someone else, you can still make that application through Claire's Law. However, any information that is disclosed will only be to the person deemed to be at risk. And, um, and so it's not a it's not a snoopers charter. It's not any of those no. things. It's about ensuring the people that need to know do know, and it's professionals in 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 your world that actually help help guide help guide that through. Um, obviously, Claire's law has been here for a little bit now, and uh, obviously, without giving details of cases, um, mm-hmm. have you seen it make a difference? Have you have you seen it uh, come to life in in our community uh, as to the power that information uh, might give to change some of the uh, outcomes that might have been inevitable in the past? Yeah, um, quite often if we do a disclosure, um, as I say, we get involved with the right to know. So um, quite clearly, usually, if it weren't in lockdown restriction, we would be having a face-to-face contact uh, with the person at risk. um, And quite often, um, they initially may suggest that they um, know a little bit about their their history but it's usually what that person has decided to tell them um, so it might be vague or it might just be a little bit blurred um, so once we give the specifics um, generally most of the time it is taken and they engage really well and they do make those informed decisions and quite often they will leave the relationship or realize that you know as regards any future relationship especially when protecting themselves and that potentially any children they will ultimately make that decision to leave the relationship really positive because um you've just touched on uh, a, a part that we haven't really uh, touched on in the conversation around children and um one of the reasons that uh, i think claire's law uh, is so powerful is it allows um parents to make a a, a positive informed decision i.e um, uh, children being involved in, in environments where there is domestic abuse uh, absolutely is, uh, is is known to uh, increase the likelihood of that child not fulfilling their uh, full potential, maybe entering uh, cycles of either um, being a victim or indeed um, being a perpetrator of domestic abuse. So absolutely giving the choice to, um, uh, to parents to be able to perhaps choose a different uh, route uh, uh, is for me a really powerful one of yeah. Of, of individual individual empowerment and in your particular world you must see lots of families um, uh, where there are children uh, both younger and older present in the system and the effect it has on them. Mm-hmm. Um, quite often um, victims um, initially might say that they are you know albeit um, they've been harmed in some way um, they often will say um, you know but you know, they're a good mother or they're a good father, um, not taking into account actually what, you know, that victim has actually been put through and what that child has actually observed within that abuse. So really we have to try and sort of, if you like, jump that that hurdle with them and just let them see that, you know, for them to observe that, you know, to be a good parent, it isn't just about not abusing the child. If they're abusing the partner, that that child is going to be affected quite significantly by observing that abuse. And uh, that's part of, our, I think, Claire's Law is a really important part of breaking some of that, some of that cycle because of the, uh, because of the empowerment. 
Um, we, we touched on it a little bit, uh, Donna, around um, the challenges of um, people who might be victim uh, reporting it, stepping forward, um, making that um, often uh, difficult and brave choice to uh, to, to report. Um, just some, I, I'm, I'm interested in your views around how those around um, can can help uh, friends, families, colleagues, um, neighbours. How, how can we help um, ensure that um, those that might need help either know how to get it or indeed can be supported to get it? What are the what some of the key things you you would uh, you would get out there to to our listeners? Okay, so friends and family, you need to be patient. This is a not a quick fix. Um, be prepared to listen, have an open mind, um, supportive attitude, and most importantly, not to be judgmental. Um, there are practical steps you can take. You can offer to um, make calls on their behalf to specialist agencies, uh, attend appointments with them if necessary, offer to help look after their children, even maybe even offer them a place in your home as respite just so that they've got time to consider their options. Uh, we have an app, a smartphone app called Bright Sky, wealth of information on that app. Uh, there is a National Domestic Abuse Helpline. Uh, we have Women's Aid Support, Victim Support, Crime Stoppers, all these areas that we can signpost victims to if they're not ready to report to the police. Uh, Women's Aid particularly is a confidential service um, who also would offer refuge if necessary. Um, think about the wider picture, obviously, with, with family and associate extended family. This is not just about the victim. It's about the extended family as well and the consequences it has on them. In, um, in terms of the intervention and getting mm -hmm. it reported is important, but the, the confidence that can something be done because... I think society has moved on a bit from the days of uh, the, you know, why doesn't she just leave him? Whereas actually now it does feel more around uh, targeting action against the uh, the person who who is um, who is perpetrating it, i.e., removing them from the situation from the situation, using different um, uh, bits of legislation and uh, harm prevention order type things that are. Um, that are there so the the, the options to the to uh, police and other services are are a little more than we perhaps used to have that's right um huge amount of information and, and safeguarding that we can put in place now um the recent uh, initiative is the drive program um that works with high harm high risk and serial perpetrators of domestic abuse um to prevent their abusive behavior and protect the victims themselves so it isn't just about a case, why doesn't she just leave? It isn't easy to do that anyway. Um, whatever sort of situation and however long that abuse has been taking place in whatever format, um, the victim, um, it will become the norm, if you like, for them. So it's very difficult to break the cycle. Um, however, obviously with DRIVE, we can actually sort of put some behaviour programming around the perpetrator. And sometimes we will actually work with a specialist, IDVA, with Women's Aid, with DRIVE as well, to work with both parties. Um, and if we can't engage with the perpetrator as such, then we would look at disrupt um, activity with them. So, so some of my uh, messages uh, to uh, those that might be suffering is that um, we will always put you first. We will always make sure the victim 
for the survivors at the centre of our thinking and indeed our actions. Um, it should be clear to those perpetrating it that if you um, if you are causing this type of harm, um, uh, there are consequences and indeed um, the system uh, will be there not only with punishment but also to, uh, to help you change, change behaviours um, but also to our community around that, um, that this is happening too prevalent uh, behind closed doors um, okay. in, in our community. This isn't something that's happening to somebody else, this is happening um, in the heart of, of our communities and anybody that thinks it's not happening in their community um, I think is is mistaken because this is in all parts of our society and it doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor, um, you know, straight, gay, um, no. black, Asian, whatever it is, it, it, it is uh, it is in all parts of our society and only collectively uh, through a lot of the things that we've talked about today, Donna, can we can we change that? And uh, I as commissioner, I'm very proud to be commissioner um, for West Mercia Police and the uh, victim services that I commission directly um, because of people like you out there being practitioners, engaging in, in what is a really challenging and difficult and emotionally draining part of, of our society. And uh, without your work and dedication, your colleagues, uh, Donna, I hope you don't mind me saying uh, our society would be a left safe place. And uh, I just wanted to say uh, a big thank you uh, for what you do. And also want to say thank you for today. Uh, thank you thank for you. bringing bringing to life some of the uh, some of the work that you do and to hear the passion and uh, and experience and, and indeed uh, expertise to this is uh, for me is really heartening and hopefully um, uh, for those there might be a friend or a family of somebody who is being abused or indeed there might be somebody who is being abused themselves listening to this and hopefully that gives them some confidence that, um, uh, that with the right support um, uh, that that difficult choice to step forward and report or indeed get somebody else to report, um, uh, you will be listened to, you will be believed, you will be um, supported. Right. And uh, that for me has been really, really powerful today. So a big thank you for me for uh, for taking part, Donna. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> and thank you to our uh, listeners uh, for listening to, to this part, uh, podcast and hearing uh, Donna's work as a uh, as an advisor uh, around preventing uh, the harm associated with uh, domestic abuse uh, uh, today and uh, all the uh, links to some of the organisations that have been uh, referenced and indeed um, some further information uh, around if you've been affected uh, by or somebody you know who's been affected by domestic abuse will be in the uh, in the information around this podcast.